Welcome back to Talking 313. Today, I've got Logan here with me. How are we doing, everybody? Today should be, uh, you know, fun for some, not as fun for others. When I say others, I mean me and Logan. Um, we got a lot to dive into here. The Big Ten tournament has begun. Michigan has played. Michigan State has not because one of them has a double bye and one of them did not. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about the Big Ten tournament, maybe a little Lions free agency news, and then kind of wrap it up. Without further ado, Michigan has played two games since we last talked. They wrapped up their regular season and an L in overtime to Indiana, 75-73, to and then had their season basically ended by Rutgers in the first round of the Big Ten tournament yesterday, 62-50. Logan, take it away. Well, then, thank you. first of all, thank you for having me. You know, it's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, this one's this episode is going to suck because one of the things we got to talk about, I enjoy. Uh, you know, we got to start off. There's a lot to unpack here. We got to start off with that Illinois, uh, the Indiana, Indiana loss, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, that end of the game was a debacle. Like the Kobe Boston throwing off hundred against his ass cheeks to win the game. Like I don't, I don't understand what we, the last play there was. You know. There's a lot to unpack with that game. Point being is, Jawan Howard is now one in twelve and one score game in his career. It's just at this point, it's just who he is. Um, I'm not sure if that's the player's fault because obviously there's a lot to a lot of blame to put on that game. But there's so much to talk about. I don't want to dive into that one. I'm more frustrated with the Rutgers game. You know, um, the Rutgers game was a chance to kind of save your season to kind of get back into the tournament uh, picture and and really have a chance to play for your season today today against Purdue. But we don't even get that chance with losing to Rutgers. That that game was terrible. I think what were we two eighteen on shooting this in the second half? Mm-hmm. I've never seen a worse shooting performance in my life. I, I, I'm pretty sure Brett Jansen go out there. And shoot, shoot <laughs> oh better, god, shoot better than that. You know, I, I, it's it's just it's terrible. So as for as for what those games mean, it's seventeen and fifteen. It's not true. You're two games above five hundred. It's not good enough. So my hatred aside for Jawan, I, like I get too upset with this. So I'm gonna look at it as a logical view, right? I feel like next year Juwan has a prove it year. You know, I'm not. I he should not be fired this year. That that's that's crazy. But if we have another one of these years where we're 13, 14 losses and we don't make the tournament, I think it's fair to criticize Juwan. I think it's fair to call for his job because we can't. You turn you take Michigan basketball and the John Beeline era was something great, and now we're turning into a team that's barely making a tournament and we're 14, 15 losses each year with the talent they have. That's unacceptable. I don't care where you're at. Like it's unacceptable. We're not going to turn into. The Georgetown Hoyers who just let go of Patrick Ewing today. He was he was seven twenty five. You know we're not. He took something nice and made it trash. We're not going to do that here. And and Juwan didn't at the start, but now it's starting to look more and more like a fluke that year was. Like it's starting to look like the players that year carried him to the lead eight and not him. So it, it's it's really frustrating as a Michigan fan because I expected more from Juwan. I expected more from this team this year. You know they people say they didn't have talent. They did, but it, it was just a lack of leadership, a lack of. Uh, togetherness like of chemistry and most of that and i know you're gonna get into that but most of it points to that his kid and that, that's what we're frustrated with his, his jet is such a lackadaisical lazy defender he might have one or two threes a year and that's great but that's about all he does for you he doesn't do anything offensively that that other players can't do and defensively he's, he's a he's a disadvantage because he's lazy and he's heads up his hands up his ass every other place so i'm tired of watching him and i'm glad he'll go because he just, he doesn't deserve to win michigan jersey anymore so aside from that you know I think it's fair to call for Juwan's job if they have another bad year next year, but we, it's kind of a prove-it year for Juwan coming up. Same for like Mel Tucker for Michigan State fans. So when you have Michigan State fans are laughing, 
your football coach in the stand is in the same situation this year. So that's my thoughts on it. You were on a nice little roll there. Yeah. You had to get rolling. Uh, definitely there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, with that Indiana game, before I go into anything else, that Indiana game, uh, I've never been so uncomfortable with a 10-point lead watching a basketball team in my entire life. Like, you're up 10 points in the second half, and and normally you like to feel good about yourself at that point. Like, normally you're like, okay, this is we were going to cruise. Michigan never felt good with a 10-point lead. It could be five minutes left in the game. You're up 20. Never comfortable. Never comfortable. It's I've, I've never watched a team that that made me so doubtful about them winning a game. Like, I never believe that Michigan's going to win now. And and I feel like back in, like you said, the Beeline era, you're, you're almost going into every game thinking, okay, this is a game we're probably going to win. We're probably going to win this one. And now it's at a spot where we could be up 10 with two minutes left. And you're like, oh, we could still lose this game just because of how hot and cold and, and how this team doesn't know how to finish a game. That Rutgers game, just a complete – lack of effort the whole second half of the game they came out of the gates pretty well I think the first half was was you know there was there was something left there to be had but it wasn't it was a start that pushed you in a position that you can have a good second half and just take care of that game they they had beat up Rutgers Hunter Dickinson was having one of the his best games drawing fouls every time he touched the ball in the second half like even the first five minutes of the first of the second half, you're still thinking, okay, we're in a good spot right now. We're almost in the bonus and we have 15 minutes left to play. And then everything just goes downhill. We turn the ball over. Yeah. There was so many turnovers in that game. It's just ridiculous. I, I don't, it felt like, but before, before actually, I know that Kobe Bufkin didn't have a good game. Like he's, yeah, every great player is going to have an off game. It sucks that it comes in this moment, but Kobe Bufkin has been good for like two months. Like he was bound for a letdown game, so I I don't put any of the blame of this game on Kobe Bufkin. And and I he's a guy that was still playing hard, still playing hard on the stretch. Whereas you can look at some other players, for instance, Jet Howard. That, that kind of just didn't do anything. Same with Doug McDaniel. Doug McDaniel's been great for a long time, and he was kind of a no-show yesterday. Kind of a no-show. And it's it sucks when both of them, both of your guards, can't have a good game and probably the most important game of the season. But both of them have been so good down the stretch. I don't want to say carrying this team, but, but they kind of put the team on their back and kind of led them through a really rough stretch that they had in the beginning of the year. I feel like it was understandable that they had – an off game because it was bound to happen. It just really sucks that this was when it came. However, another guy I look at is Jed Howard. And the one thing that just proved, like, I have not really liked Jed Howard most of the season. And the one thing that just kind of proved to me that he just does not show any effort is in that Indiana game, there's a spot where there's about 34 seconds left and Jawan wants a timeout. We're down by two points. I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was the end of overtime or the end of regulation. Jawan wants to call a timeout. Jet Howard has the ball. He jogs to the sideline with the ball, dribbles the ball, jogs to the sideline, wastes about four seconds. If he would have just sprinted to the sideline, it's like 33 seconds. And you're like, okay, that's not a big deal. But at the end of the game, those extra couple seconds make the whole difference. And another thing is a lot of coaches have a specific number where okay, at this point, we want to go for two when you're down three. And at this point, we want to go for a three. 
him jogging could have made the difference of how we were going to attack that end of game scenario. That being said, you know, we probably would have lost it. Like it probably wouldn't have mattered because we can't draw up an end of game scenario play to save our lives. However, I just think the little things like that, like just show me that he's not, not what we want. Cause you think of the John Beeline era and everybody is just a gritty player. They they're tough. They, John Beeline got everything out of his players. Defense, defense, defense. Yeah. Everything out of his players. And you look at our coach's son and he shows no effort. He doesn't play defense. The other thing in that Rutgers game, offensive rebound from the shooter on a free throw, Doug McDaniel pinched. Not sure both Reed and Dickinson kind of floated out, but that was not Reed and Dickinson's fault that the shooter got the rebound. Jet Howard just watched the shooter run by, run through the lane. TV. <laughs> I, oh my gosh at that that was the point where i knew it was over at, at that point i was like you know even if we win this game it doesn't matter because we're going to get blown up by purdue right. and we're not going to the tournament yeah i have to make a good point here you know people are are people think we're crazy for hating on jet howard like this but yeah you got to look at it from a just look at it from a team perspective what was our record when jet howard was out of the lineup we were, we were a better team all, right better we're, team we won. what happens when he gets in the lineup own three last three yeah. games but so People it's just people hating on us for for criticizing Jed Howard. But I don't. We're not watching the same game. Uh-huh. When Michigan wins, he's yeah. out of the line. I think you can obviously drawing up plays at the end of games is is our biggest thing of why we lose these games at the end of the stretch. But I think you can draw up a lot of that, not draw up, but put a lot of the blame on Jet Howard for those late game struggles because a lot of the times he's the one who has the ball in his hands, and right. and that's that's not good coaching by Juwan because he should not have the ball in his hands if he's watching the same game that we're watching. But a lot of the times he's the one with the ball in his hands. He doesn't know how to throw a post feed. He he's airballed many shots at the end of games. Now maybe some of them were tough shots, but still, like hit something. Like at least if he hit something, maybe somebody's gonna get a rebound and throw something back up there right before time expires. Like I'm very happy he's gonna be gone. And you touched on the Jawan Howard hot seat. I'd say right now he's probably at about if I had to put it on like a percentage out of a hundred, I'd say probably around sixty percent. But if if you have that, the same season you had this year, next year, by all means, fire him. Right. Like, please, I want him gone. You know, yeah, I've I've writing back to Jawan. I've heard a lot of criticism about about him these last couple weeks, mainly from a station in Detroit called Ninety Seven One. It's a little unjust because they they attack it in three areas. They were talking about how he's recruiting classes. How apparently this year they don't have a top hundred player. They're they're taking this year and calling him a bad recruiter. I, I'll defend Jawan in that area. I think oh, he's yeah. a great fit. He's a he's a very good recruiter. And they also were talking about so there's three areas. There was recruiting, player development, and in game adjustments. So I think recruiting could checkbox. I think he checks that box as a coach. Player development, you just go just look at this year alone. Look at Kobe and Doug, you know, and to Shatter. Look at these guys who are, you know, they're developing as a as a trio of nice young pieces. Terrace Reed's development this year has been something else. So you got to look at that aspect. And I don't think that's fair criticism for Juwan either. I think he, in terms of the coach, he develops his players, and I think he does bring quality talent to, to Ann Arbor. The place I have a big problem with Juwan is his in-game adjustments and in-game uh, play calls, X's and O's, substitution patterns, that kind of stuff. I think we're at a disadvantage with him there. And that's kind of the most important aspect of it. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't know how to use it properly, then you ain't going to get anywhere. So that's where I kind of draw – that's where I plan the flag as Juwan's saying he needs to get better – in this area, he needs to improve. And believe me, I don't want him – I don't root for Michigan basketball to fail. I don't not like Michigan basketball. I just get frustrated with watching these games, and it's the same thing over and over again. That's why I have problems with Juwan as an in-game coach. 
He recruits well. He develops players. But I think it's very fair to criticize his in-game adjustments, as we've seen with his 1-12 record in one-score games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been I've been a very big Juwan Howard supporter throughout most of this year, all of last year. And the way this season ended kind of just like flipped it on me. Like if I'm not saying you don't fire him right now. No, you can't do that. He's like you said, I think he's a very good recruiter. The player development is not terrible. Like there's, there's guys that, that have really improved Kobe Buffkin, like the big jump he made, like the player development is not the issue. However, if he has another year next year, like he did this year, like by all means, get rid of him. Uh, Michigan basketball should expect more, should demand more from their coach and that. And I wonder if I like to compare this situation to the Jim Harbaugh situation in the COVID year. I wonder if maybe getting a little new staff around him, not not that I don't think the staff around him is bad. I just think that maybe they've been there for so long that getting some newer guys that maybe you get a guy, I, I, don't, I don't know a lot of assistant coaches' names, but maybe you get a guy that can – be that guy that knows how to in-game adjust, have those in-game adjustments, draw up plays. I feel like you have to look to somewhere to make an adjustment after this year because if you don't make an adjustment and you have the exact same thing, you have to be gone. Yeah. I didn't think about that. It's a good idea. You know, Stoddy Washington has been there for like the last seven years since behind the era. Mm-hmm. Uh, great coach, but he had time opportunity somewhere else. Maybe it's time for him to take a career, a selfish route, and go somewhere else and fill and get the, the age of our program down. I mean, yeah. Martelli's near – near 80. He, yeah. he can retire. You know, it's time to get something else in there because clearly whatever we have ain't working. The yeah. biggest thing I see with, with coaches, and I, I like to draw it to college football a lot, you see with like guys like Jimbo Fisher who, who won't hire an offensive coordinator to change their offense. The biggest thing that I think makes coaches fail is not knowing your weaknesses and knowing when you need to adjust as a coach to get somebody else to listen to them. And I think Jawan Howard is at a point in his career right now where he needs to look to somebody else to help him either either help him learn how to do these in-game adjustments and help him get through this or just a guy that can come in and make them for you. That's a great point. I think about it. It's you you hit the nail on the head, as some, some would say. Yeah. You know. That's all. I mean, that's I've talked I've talked way too much about yeah. it. But. And and once once March is over, we're gonna do like a full season recap for both Michigan and Michigan State. Once the national championship game is over, but for now, that's probably all we're going to talk about Michigan for a, a good while here. It's all they deserve. It's all they deserve. Yeah, unless something you know, we'll we'll maybe be like just a little highlight when they miss the tournament. Right. Uh, but let's get into Michigan State. You know, not a ton to unpack here. They they beat Ohio State last Saturday. 84-78 senior day, you know, a little closer than they expect, but then you look at what Ohio State's done throughout the Big Ten tournament, and you're like, maybe Ohio State's just catching fire at the right time, and maybe that was actually a pretty good win. And and then you look at who they're playing next, and today, in probably about four-ish hours, they play Ohio State. What, what do you got on that little stretch there? Obviously, probably not a ton from the Ohio State yeah. game on Saturday, but... Uh, you know, not much to really... Not much to dive into. I'll, I'll say I think Michigan State wins this game today. Ohio State's too good to be true. Like don't wrong, they're playing some great basketball. It was about time. It was a matter of time before they all put it together. With all the talent they have, um, but you know for, they're starting four freshmen. Israel's usually Israel's teams that are more veteran, not like this team, usually kind of crunch down on that and do a good job of minimizing the uh, impact of the freshman on the other team. And you just got to if you're looking for a way to win this game, obviously it's 
how you won all your patch games. You know, you look into your trio of guards with Aikens, Hoggard, and and uh, uh, Walker. You know, your veteran leadership will take care of itself. And you know, Hauser might hit a couple threes, but you got to play through your guards, get spaced out, take Ohio State off the perimeter, and really look to to penetrate and kick for your wide open shots. But mm-hmm. as far as as far as the outlook for the rest of them, I, I don't see them being a if Purdue were to win today. I don't because they match up in the next round, correct? Yes, they would. Right. So I mean, I don't, I don't see them getting past Purdue, and that's kind of how I view the NCAA tournament is, is a one game and out kind of thing. So I mean, that's all I really have for it. How about you? Yeah, I mean, probably not a ton to unpack on Michigan State here. And if you're a Michigan State fan and you're like, okay, well, you just spent a 15 minute segment on Michigan. Why can't you talk a little bit more about Michigan State? Well, we spent a 15 segment on Michigan because they're out of the tournament. Like we're going to have plenty of talk about Michigan state basketball coming up in the the weeks to come because they will be playing in March. They are, it is March now. They will be playing in the NCAA tournament. They will be probably, I mean, they're, they're still in, in the big 10 tournament. We're going to have a lot more to unpack. I think you, you said it correctly and said it perfectly where it, it really, you can go as far as your guard play goes. I think that maybe, the only way you beat Purdue is is if you catch a Fletcher lawyer and a, uh, you you catch their guards on a on a down game, and and your guards play fantastically, almost like what Tyson Walker did when they almost inked out a win in any slanting against them, lost by two. I think that that's really your path to win. I I definitely don't see them beating Purdue though. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's a lot to talk about. So what do we, what do we got next on this? Agenda? Well, we're gonna go to a break. And then we're going to get into the Big Ten tournament. Just a little bit about all of the all of the games, not just the Michigan State Michigan games. And then we're going to talk a little Lions and probably wrap this up. All right, we're back. We're going to talk about the Big Ten tournament here. Uh, the The matchups for today are Rutgers against Purdue. That's their twelve o'clock game. Two thirty is Ohio State Michigan State. I'm not sure the exact time of this one. It'll be probably two and a half hours, so probably around five-ish. Penn State, Northwestern, and then the same thing for Maryland, Indiana. And those are all your games today. Today is probably one of my favorite days of the Big Ten tournament, and honestly, all of conference tournament play. Fridays are, are really exciting because you get those really good matchups, and they're just jam-packed all day long. We're kind of just going to go through, probably take take a pick at each game, and then just pick from there who we think is going to win the whole Big Ten tournament. And then we're probably going to say our favorite, what we think the most exciting Big Ten championship game would be. So let's start with that Rutgers-Purdue game. Um, I'll go first on this one. I think Purdue is going to win and win pretty handily. I know that Rutgers, I'm pretty sure, beat them twice in the regular season, but that was a different Rutgers team with Moat Mag. And I think... Rutgers is is a a good team, but probably a first round entry in the NCAA tournament unless they get a good matchup. Uh, if you're Rutgers, the fact that you've been to the NCAA tournament four straight years, like you have to be very, uh, very happy and excited about where your program is at under Steve Peichel because that's something that Rutgers does not often do. But with that being said, I think this is a game where Purdue kind of kind of rolls. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's getting into Zach Eady and let him let him work and. and... You know, penetrate and kick your guard. Same with the Michigan State. You know, the same thing we were talking about earlier. Just let your guard play, take you to to your best heights, and mm-hmm. you feed in the big man when you need to. But Purdue should have no trouble with this one today. Yeah. Then we got Ohio State, Michigan State. We we kind of touched on it a little bit, not much, but I think this is a game where Michigan State is is going to win. Playing 
three games in three days is tough for any team, especially a, a very young, kind of inexperienced Ohio State team. Uh, I think Michigan State is going to take care of business as they're, they're very experienced, they're old, they're a great team. I think Michigan State will probably roll on this one too. Yeah, I, like you said, we talked about earlier, just again, like your guards and let the chips fall they may, but should be able to take, take care of this with your, your head coach at the helm. Yeah, I mean, those two games are probably, they're, they start off our day, but they're, they could be the two boring games well, of the they, day. They are. Yeah, yeah, but the, the two that we're coming up on are a lot more exciting. It's going to be Penn State and Northwestern. Why don't you go first on this one? Okay. All right. I see what you did there. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, we look at Penn State play last night, and it was that was one of the most impressive ones I've seen in a long time, considering they had no big men. You know, they their big men fouled not not fouled up, but were in foul trouble basically the whole second half. Mm-hmm. They went five yards. They played big when they had to, and they really just dominated Illinois, which I'm happy about because Illinois can. Oh, yeah. can get out of here. You know, I'm tired yeah. of them. But, uh, Hate you know, it yeah, but I look at this Northwestern team, and I kind of think they're a little fluky. I'm going to be honest. You know, I mean, the two seed in the Big Ten tournament for Northwestern is that I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. Um, and I, I like I like the Penn State coach better than the Northwestern coach. So I think if you're going to look at it, they have an edge up there. I think they also have more talent. I, I really think this Penn State team is pretty talented. As a 10 seed, I think they're, they're, they're very uh, underrated, the 10 seed. So, I would, I would just I'm gonna pick up an upset. I'll go Penn State to get to the semifinals tomorrow. I would agree. Penn State is a team that's absolutely been on fire lately, and I think they're just gonna keep riding that as long as they can. They're they're a team that I feel like is almost better when they go small because yeah. they have so many guys that can just shoot and and are honestly a very very good basketball team. I think Jalen Pickett is so good. One of yeah, if he's definitely one of the best players in the Big Ten. He's arguably one of the best players in the country. Uh, he is a very very talented player. Uh, with Northwestern, I, I do think they're not a terrible team. I mean, you got Boo Booey there. You've, you've got talent there. I just think that this is a game Penn State is going to pull an upset in, and Northwestern is going to be sent home packing and await their seating in the, in, on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Last game from today's slate is going to be Maryland and Indiana. All right. That's a tough one. Yeah, you know – I think Maryland looked pretty good yesterday, considering they played the worst team in the Big Ten uh, in Minnesota. Uh, I'm not really impressed when I watch Maryland. I don't think they have many outside shooting threats. They don't have very good depth, especially when it comes to big men. I mean, yesterday they were playing this dude I've never seen before. Like, they're all over the place. They're not consistent. Mm-hmm. And you got to look at Indiana. They're missing their point guard, Xavier Johnson, but uh, Trey Galloway steps in nicely and he fits the role of a true point guard in the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, they don't. I don't think Minnesota or uh, Maryland has a guy that can really guard Trish Jackson Davis and get it to him. He'll throw it out to your shooters. I think Indiana should handle this game pretty easily. I would agree. I think. Um, wow, we're gonna pick every single yeah. game the same here yeah. in the first round. That's, but I think Maryland is a team that's kind of getting carried by Kevin Willard as a coach. Uh, I really like Kevin yeah. Willard as a coach. I think he's a very good coach from and doing a really good. Yeah, from Seton Hall. Yep, and I think he's doing a really good job at, at Maryland. I think that coaching can only get you so far when you're playing against Trace Jackson Davis. And I don't think Julian Reese is going to match up very well against Trace Jackson Davis. I think Trace Jackson Davis has a big game. I won't be surprised if, if Hood Shafino has a nice game too. I mean, you can look at Jameer Young from Maryland. He's, he's a guy that's been really good down the stretch for them and could, could give Indiana some problems. But in the end of the day, I think Indiana just has, has more talent. It's going to be too tough for Maryland to surpass them. So, 
now we're going to pick – these are going to be our Saturday games. First one's Purdue-Michigan State. It's a one versus four. Uh, That's tough. Yeah, we kind of already talked about it. I'm, I'm going Purdue for the reasons I said earlier. I think it's going to take a lot for Michigan State. I'm not saying Michigan State can't win this game, but it's going to take a lot for Michigan State. They're going to have to play perfectly, I feel like, almost flawless basketball. And Purdue's going to have to have some some struggles. And honestly, I think Purdue, you know, they are a team that struggled down the stretch. But I do think that this is a game where they just take care of business. Man, when's the last time Purdue showed up for a big game in March, man? Like, I, they never they do. They never do. Other than, oh, uh, was it the <laughs> Tennessee game? Right. Like, three when they got carried by Carson Edwards? Right. Yeah. But, but same could be said of Michigan State, big time tournament style. They don't, oh, yeah. they don't really show up in this the last five or six years. It seems like oh, yeah, until they, care. Yeah, except the year they beat us. Uh, I understand that. <laughs> the <laughs> championship. I really don't care about this, man. I, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a battle of who doesn't want to be there. That's really what I think of this game. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh. You know, I mean, I'll go Purdue just because the talent wins, I think. But uh, I think it'll be close. You know, yeah, I, I do think this is going to be an entertaining game. Yeah. We got Penn State and Indiana. Penn State's been on fire lately, and we have them staying on fire, beating Northwestern. However, I think this Indiana team is is, in my opinion, I think Indiana is the best team in the Big Ten. I think Purdue has played the best throughout the year, but I think Indiana has the the highest ceiling of all the Big Ten teams. And I think this is a game where Indiana is gonna probably, I I could see Indiana putting this one away early. Yeah, I agree with you with you there. I agree. Uh, Penn State's a little, little fluky. If they were to get this to this point, it'd be a little fluky with, and if they were to beat Indiana, that I think it would be a sh- pretty shocking everybody. Yeah, you know, talent wins out. Penn State is a very talented team, as we mentioned earlier, but they don't have the type of talent that Indiana does. And uh, you know, I think Indiana will get the ball to Trace Jackson Davis like they do every game. And Penn State don't, doesn't have a guy that can guard him. So, uh, and plus, I think Indiana is more veteran leadership. They're more familiar in the Big Ten safe than Penn State is with all the transfers they have. So I'd be, I'd be, I'd pick Indiana too yeah. in this game. So we got a, a rivalry finish, as I feel like happens more than, more than a lot of other conferences in the Big Ten Conference. But Purdue, Indiana, Purdue has lost both games to Indiana throughout the regular season. Is Indiana getting the sweep here? Oh yeah, it's yeah. Purdue. It's Purdue in March. It never happens. <laughs> it never happens. I yeah, I agree. I think Shafino is gonna. Like, he's had very good games against the guards. Because you look at Shafino, and honestly, when he plays Purdue, he should have a very good game. Because while the two guards that Purdue have are, are talented guards, especially for freshmen, they're not NBA players. They're not NBA talents. And Shafino is a guy that wants to be looked at as a lottery pick in the NBA. And I think he should be looked at at that uh, level. And to do that, you have to eat against these guys that are not going to be in the same level that you are. So I think Shafino has a, has a field day here. Edie's going to get his, as he does every game. But I think Shafino has a big day. Indiana wins. And I'm going to ask you this. If Indiana wins this, do the talks of Trace Jackson Davis over Zach Edie for player of the year happen? Yeah. You have to look at it that way. I mean, they'd be 3-0 against head-to-head. Yeah. I mean, I personally – I don't know if I would take it there, but I – Gosh, it's a tough question because I feel like Zaggy's talent is more just based on his size. Trace Jackson Davis is probably the most talented player in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, so in that case, I'd give it to him. But and especially when you know he puts up a damn near a triple double every day. Like, mm-hmm. it's incredible what he does for his size. So, I'd be, I'd be, I wouldn't, I don't know who I'd give it to, but I'd definitely be willing to to 
bring Tracy, Jackson Davis into the conversation this happen. 100%. I think I would still give it to Edie. I think Edie has – I mean, you look at that Purdue team, nobody expected them to be what they are. And honestly, he has talent around him, but it's almost created because they have to send doubles, even triple teams sometimes, to Zach Edie and, and have to plan a game plan around Zach Edie, and then it just opens up everyone else around the floor. Uh, I think Edie's – is is 100% the front runner, and I think will probably still be regardless of what happens here. However, I think this does open up a path where if Trace Jackson Davis has a very, very good, insane NCAA tournament run and Purdue maybe is an early entry. Like they normally do. Yeah, like they normally do. I think that that does open up a path that Trace Jackson Davis could potentially win this. Yeah, yeah it's a fair conversation to have. Yeah, all right. So what would be your most exciting – I'll stop right here. This would be the most exciting yeah. – Best two teams in the Big Ten on the stage. Yeah. That'd be, idea. That'd be the best matchup, I think. Yep, I would agree. I think a couple other matchups you can maybe look at is <laughs> imagine if, if like, Penn State and Ohio State yeah. squared off. You had two yeah. guys, or really any situation where Ohio State gets to that, that Big Ten tournament championship because they're playing for their, their right. season. Like, they, if they win that Big Ten championship, it's an auto bid. And you very rarely see that. And if they lose, they're out. Like not only because they don't have the resume, but also because the NCAA committee never pays attention to what happens on that Sunday right. game as they're trying to get their picks in for who's going to be seated where and everything. I think any any matchup with Ohio State is going to be very exciting. Obviously, I hate Ohio State, so I hope that doesn't happen. But I think that that would be a very intriguing game for the rest of the country to watch. Um, Northwestern Purdue. I mean, Northwestern just being the team they've been Northwestern really against anybody if Northwestern makes a run to the big 10 championship I feel like Northwestern is a team that's been very good throughout the year but nobody really pays attention to because they just because it's Northwestern yeah for one and two it's just like what's really intriguing about them there's not really much intriguing right so I think that that that's another team that would be really exciting to see make yeah. it to the big 10 tournament yeah. championship it's, it's it's it'd be good for the program because they've never had it before yeah yeah it's something new yeah. All right. You ready to get in the lines? Yes, I am. All right. Definitely this basketball nonsense here. All right. So we're going to talk about – let's talk about Ramsey and Schultz first, and then we'll get into Lamar. Right. So the Ramsey rumors, I mean, they're still spiraling. Uh, Micah Parsons has, has said that why would he yeah. go from L.A. to Detroit. So, Micah, that's why you play for the Cowboys. Yep. Have fun. Keep losing playoff games. Uh, Dalton Schultz, another guy from the Cowboys. However, we like you though, yeah, yeah, we like you. So you know, if you want to come to Detroit, you're more than welcome to. What What do you have on those two? I so okay. So I'll start with Dalton Schultz. I personally, I've heard a, a lot of rumors <clears throat> recently saying he, he's been linked to Detroit. You know, uh, he'll, I think he's gonna be, he might be a free agent this year. He could be released, could not be. But if he is, I've heard that he potentially would want to sign with the Lions. That's just my Adam Schefter insiders telling me that. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to break any news here, but that's what I'm garnering. What I do as a GM, I don't just know if you necessarily need that. You know, you got to look at who you turn. They took two people off the street. You know, Shane Zilstra and uh, James Mitchell and uh, Brock Wright, all that, and they were nice pieces in the offense. You don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if you necessarily need to pay uh, uh, Donald Schultz. Wright is a free agent, right? He, but if they could resign, they, him, yeah, they could resign him. Yeah, I, I, I'd go for a cheaper deal on that end. You know, I, I trust Ben Johnson to put those guys in the right spots. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I don't. It's not the, nothing like too serious, but I've heard he'd be attracted to, to Detroit. And on the other hand, 
with Jalen Ramsey. I've heard a lot of different suitors for him. You know, the, I've heard the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Cowboys. I've heard the Bengals. Every, every championship caliber team that's looking to add a, a great cornerback. And you know who else is in that group? Detroit Lions. Because what are we competing for next year, Ben? A championship. Exactly. And, you know, I, if they were to say, hey, give me a first-round pick for 18 for Jalen Ramsey, I would definitely consider that. If they were to say, hey, give me two seconds for Jalen Ramsey, I would definitely consider that. Outside of that, I'm not sure I'd be willing to make a trade for him because he tends to be a little bit on the selfish side of a player. But then at the end of the day, you have to look at the talent that he he provides. And, you know, he, he can totally transform a defense. But it, who knows what's going to happen, but that's what I would do. What do you think with these rumors, Ben? Yeah, not only does getting Ramsey get you, like, a, a very talented player, it also brings with you a lot of national relevance, yeah. which the Lions got a good amount of at the beginning of last year, but not so much at the end of last year. Uh if you get a guy like this, everybody pays attention to you, right. I feel like. And that can be very good or very bad, depending on the way you approach it. But that's just something you can pay attention to with Jalen Ramsey. And then with Dalton Schultz, I, I do agree that, you know, a cheaper deal would probably be the smartest. However, I think that if you do get a guy like Dalton Schultz, it's it could change – not change your offense because your offense is very, very good. But it could just add another weapon to For that sure. that great – a plethora of weapons you have there. However, I think it has to be for the right price, as it is with all of these guys. You you can't spend too much on a Dalton Schultz or a Jalen Ramsey because you need so many pieces and so many holes filled on, the. I feel like, the defensive side of the ball. And there's these guys that you need to re-sign and a couple of offensive linemen, running back Jamal Williams, a receiver, whether that's DJ Chark or whoever. I think that there's so many pieces you need to, to fill that you can't you can't spend huge on any of these guys. So if Dalton Schultz is asking for the right price, uh, maybe a shorter term okay. deal with with obviously he's gonna he's gonna demand some money, but not something absurd. I think a hundred percent go sign him. Yeah, I like, how, I like how you dove into the office there. Like a lot of people, a lot of Lions fans, from what I've garnered around our friends, is that a lot of people think the office is just set in stone. Like you can't add to it. You know, you don't. If, like, like maybe upset if the Lions were to take a third-round pick and, and spend it on a wide receiver. Like, they think the offensive side of the ball is set and just focus on defense. I have tend to disagree, like you said. Like, oh, yeah. Like, offense needs to be addressed with running back or that for signing them all. Offensive line, the interior needs to be, like, needs to be addressed. And like you said, tight end, if, he, if he's willing to come on a cheaper deal, bring him on because we, like, it's an offensive league, and the, the more weapons you have, the more easy it'll be to for golf to just – you know, pick apart the defense. Yeah. You, you can never have too much offense while we're getting Well, here. you said it perfectly. Yeah. It's an offensive league. And then you brought up Jared Goff, and that's going to yes. put us right into Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What are your thoughts on – well, why don't you yeah. you tell us about the Lamar Jackson okay. and, and what you think. Well, we all know they put the non-exclusive franchise tag on yeah. him, right? So, meaning other teams have the chance to negotiate with him and potentially work out a deal. And if that happens, they'd have to – uh, the Ravens will get the opportunity to match, and if they don't want to, that means the team giving Lamar the deal would have to give up also two first-round picks to the Ravens, and plus Lamar's contract. Uh, you know, people are thinking there's collusion going on with the owners, considering how fast the teams came out and said they're not interested in Lamar. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see it as a possibility. I don't care because as a Lions fan, I have I don't want anything to do with Lamar Jackson here in Detroit. That's just where I'm at. People are people are forgetting Jared Goff. The last twenty four games, man, Jared Goff has played one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFC. He's, and that's not the same. Like NFC, that completely far is completely worse than the AFC in quarterback play. But he's a pro bowler, man. He doesn't turn the ball over. He, he he's a great game manager. He's a great leader. 
He's he is talented, and people are just willing to throw that away just for a chance to get the the special player in Lamar. I don't see it. People are saying, well, you won't win a playoff game with with Jared Goff. You won't win a Super Bowl. I don't think I would have. I, it's the same thing with Lamar. What has he done in the playoffs to warrant two first round picks? Jared Goff has more players. playoff success than Lamar Jackson. Exactly, and people want to throw that all away just to get Lamar because he because he, he runs fast. Like people are saying, you you can win a Super Bowl with Lamar. He hasn't won anything, mm-hmm. and people are willing to. If the, if the Lions, so help me, if the Lions give up two first round picks and paying five years, two fifty guaranteed, I would puke. I, I'm a, I'm not being a Lions fan. That's that's <laughs> that's disrespectful to the fan base. Like that's disrespectful to everybody. That's that's ter- you're gonna be fired from that. Yeah. that's terrible, man. That's t- seriously terrible. Mm-hmm. I was uh when I first brought up this podcast, I was thinking of maybe bringing Brett on because I think he may be a little different point of view. On, I don't think he's all in on Lamar, but I think he's maybe a little different point of view. I thought of bringing him on as like a third person just so we could have all the different points of view because I completely 100% agree with you. I've been in all sorts of Twitter arguments like the past, like just quote tweeting people, just like everybody who wants Lamar, I'm just quote tweeting. I'm like, no, not only you touched on a lot of things that I think are great. The other thing you look at is how is this going to ruin a locker room? This is a guy who's had issues in the locker room. He can't win a playoff game. He has been just sitting out for no reason. He's hurt all the time. And you're willing to throw away a very good locker room presence. A, a Jared Goff that has been a very, very talented quarterback has more playoff success than Lamar Jackson just for a guy who's talented. You can, have, better, man. Yeah, you can have all the talent in the world. If you can't win, it doesn't matter. It's not talent. It's just he's athletic. Like, he's Jared, athletic. Jared Goff's a better thrower than Lamar, man. Yeah, and and – we have a fantastic – like, I think the one thing that I love about the Lions the most is our locker room yes. presence. It's the 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 chemistry we have on the field and off the field. Everything around them is, in my opinion, very close to perfect. Why mess that up bringing a guy in who has been proven to be a team cancer? Yeah, I don't know. I, it pisses me off, man. These people, these Detroit fans want a Super Bowl contender and now they're willing to throw it all away because of a guy who runs fast. 100%. And – the other thing I look at is how do, he doesn't really fit in our offense. Like, no. I don't think he fits in our offense at all. We don't have, like, okay, sure, maybe you signed Dalton Schultz. What he's had successes is throwing to Mark Andrews. We don't have a tight end like Mark Andrews. We have some blazing outside receivers in Jamison Williams. We have Amon Ross St. Brown, who is a very, very good slot player. If we re-sign DJ Chark, that's our jump ball guy. We have an offense that fits the style of play that Jared Goff plays. And – you look at our running back situation, right now it's DeAndre Swift and basically nobody else. DeAndre Swift is injury prone, and okay, well, I guess that'd be the same in Jack, that he had in Baltimore because J.K. Dobbins is hurt every other week, but we have nobody outside of them. The guys that you pair Lamar Jackson with is you get him a really good fullback, and you get him a running back who's who I feel like works with his game, whereas DeAndre Swift has had his best work catching passes. How does that fit our system? That doesn't fit our system at all. I I believe that they're smarter than that. I, I pray. I hope so. I really think that they're not gonna do anything. I I don't think I don't want them if you get them I don't I don't care. Like you give up a I, I don't want them. I don't care if you underpay for them. I don't care if you get the best deal ever. I don't want them on my team. Yeah. You made you made a good point on that situation. Like you wouldn't the point the big idea is you wouldn't be able to get anybody to help him because he'd be taking all your so cash much money away, right yeah 
fully guaranteed. If he what you wants the Deshaun, how are you watch, fixing the defense if not, you sign him so not, much? You're just not doing anything. You're you're putting all your eggs in the basket, Lamar, and we all we see how it works. So why Does are people it. willing to do that again? Yeah, he won at one MVP, and everybody loved yeah. him. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's a he's a good quarter. Oh, yeah. He's a very talented guy, but I'm, I, there's no will, there's no reason to to throw away all you built for that. You know, and, and like you said with our scheme. What is, what's our biggest one of our biggest strengths on offense is play action pass, right? Jared Goff is one of the top three play action passers in the NFL. It's fantastic. Lamar, Lamar is not one of the no, top. He's not doing that. Yeah. That play action. So it's not a good fit. It's not a good decision. It's not, it doesn't make sense for us. So why are people look? Cause we get primetime games. Cause we get more tickets. Well, guess what? I don't care about tickets. I don't care about primetime games. I want to win an effing championship. That's where I stand. Man. That's perfect. I think that's, that's a perfect way to wrap up the line. Yeah. I agree with yes. everything. That was just said there. Right. If you want that to happen, I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't want to speak for Brett. Maybe he doesn't like Lamar at all. I feel like I don't I don't think he wants Lamar, but I think he's maybe a little okay. more in the middle than we are. And I respect his opinion, but I just we just disagree with that one. Yeah. So I'm gonna kinda let's just wrap this up here a little bit. Uh actually speaking of Brett. Yes. How uh how did you like that that mock draft? You know, oh yeah. <laughs> We're touching up on that. You know, that was interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen a worse two picks back to back. I got a lot of hate for taking CJ Stroud, which I understand. But you know, people, I've seen a lot of mock drafts where CJ Stroud goes first and Bryce Young goes behind him. So, like, you have to be able to understand where I'm coming from. But Brad Jansen taking a guy. Siaka Eco. Okay, if you're gonna take a defensive tackle, take a Kalia Kansi. I think that's his name. Is that did I say that right? I would take somebody we know. Yeah, I've never heard of this guy before. Who are you? Who is this guy? And then he brings up before the pick. The pick before that is the Seahawks taking John Michael Smith. Oh, gosh. I, I, Get, so, out, of so Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. It is what it is. But. I had a blast. Brett's going to listen to this. Like, give us a tax right away. and be like, oh, yeah, it's true. You guys. Yeah. It was, yeah. that, by the way, that was a very fun episode. I, I know. I Yeah, we definitely all had a blast doing them. Uh, we're going to do more of them. Yeah. So be ready for those. They're going to be just as fun, I hope. Uh, maybe maybe Brett will learn from his mistakes. Yeah. For the good of the, the podcast, <laughs> for the good of the listeners, let's hope you learn. Yeah, I, me too. I hope so. But <laughs> before I wrap this up, uh, the World Baseball Classic is going on. It's for those of you that don't know, it's basically the FIFA World Cup, but for baseball. Um, I just wanted to kind of obviously not going to get into it a lot. I know a lot of you probably don't watch baseball, and the World Baseball Classic goes on at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 6 a.m. So, how are you going to watch it? But I just wanted to touch on the Tigers playing in the World Baseball Classic. You got Miguel Cabrera and Juan Rodriguez. They both film are on Venezuela. Javier Baez is on Puerto Rico. Jonathan Scope is on the Netherlands. Andy Abanez is on Cuba. John Valente is on Italy. Chavez Fernander are on Great, is on Great Britain. And Jack O'Lotlin is on Australia. A couple of those guys are farm system guys that, you know, haven't been up to the big leagues yet. But that's just kind of what I wanted to touch on there, the the Red Wings, they beat the Blackhawks a couple nights back, so that's good. Maybe they're moving in the right direction. I think they won 4-3, to three, a game that probably shouldn't have been as close as it was since the Blackhawks have been uh, terrible this year. Um, I mean, they kind of just dumped their whole roster at the trade deadline for salary and, and looked to the draft and kept the key core, but they're probably a team that we may not talk about again unless they go on a little run here for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to give a couple of shout-outs real quick. Yeah. Shout-out to Dwayne Casey. I hope you enjoy your last 15 games as a coach. You know, settle in, enjoy the hotels, because this is the last time you're coaching here, my brother. Your time's up. And then I also give a shout-out, like you said, there are, you know, people are giving hate to Steve Eisman for making those trades, but 
at the end of the day, he had two options. He could either continue to 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 buy and go around this team, or he could sell off the pieces and get good trade value for it. Mm-hmm. And I think he made the right choice considering they, you know, they had their chance and they blew it with the, the Ottawa back to back. Yeah, they they blew it in that aspect. So shout out to I think Steve Rogers made the right choice. I think so too. And retool, get ready for next year. Yeah, you know? I th- I think he definitely made the right choice because it's still a team that's going to win some games on the stretch right. and. Then you look to the draft, and they have a very young core of players. Like build around your young core. You don't have to buy older veterans in the middle of a year where you're gonna maybe make the wild card. I don't know if it's called the wild card. I think it is for hockey. Yeah. If you're gonna make the wild card and then lose, like like work for a year where you're gonna win a championship. Right. We we kind of hit on that in the. This might get a little long winded here, but we kind of hit on that in the NFL, the mock draft, where I was like. I don't like when you completely tank and I don't think that's what they did. Like, I think this is how you do it. You, you get rid of those really old pieces that are eating up your salary and you just retool on like you keep your team good enough that you're competing until you're ready to win that championship. That's how I think you do it. You're right. Cause if they would have bought, they'd be stuck in purgatory with just, you know, mediocreness. Yeah. You want to, yeah. I'm pissed with Blake Griffin. Nothing ever got accomplished. Uh So, Put yourself on the right end, the right foot yep. forward, and going forward. Prolong your winning span, and exactly. I think that's what they did. They yes. prolonged their winning span. So hats off to Steve Irishman. I agree. Anything else? I said all I need to say for this episode. Me too. This was quite the blast. I had a blast, yeah. Uh, Michigan, a little shout out to you guys. Won't be watching you for another yeah. year. Oh, I'm so so <laughs> March Madness coming up. So here's what we got coming up next. Um, we have to talk about kind of the dynamic of when we're going to do this, so we're not sure. But we are planning, me, Logan, and Brett, to give you a post-March Madness selection show sometime before the first – maybe maybe after the first four games, but who knows when we're going to get it out to you. Sometime to, to make our picks for the March Madness. Just talk about those games, have a little fun there, probably do a little Big Ten tournament recap at the very beginning of that. It'll be brief. Uh, we're planning on getting one of those out, and then we'll be back to our normal show on Friday as well. I think that's all. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you guys are what keeps us keeps us moving. You guys are are why we do this. I mean, you guys listening is is the biggest part of all of this. You know, like we're 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 making content for you guys. Keep listening. Share this podcast. You know, rate it five stars anywhere you're listening to it. Spotify, Apple, any of those. Follow us. And, you know, hopefully we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.